What's going on, guys? Jordan Candlish here. Welcome back to the State Shifters podcast. I've got a special guest on here today. I've got Georgina Tirana. She's the founder of Roho, which is since I've arrived back here in Perth, I've you know been on the lookout for some good quality vegan ice cream. I'm a big fan of ice cream, but when it's made healthy, it is just next level stuff. And when I discovered Roho, it was like game changer, changed the game for me. And I've reached out to Georgina because the brand that she's created is something that you know I've been really captivated by because of the way she's gone about the marketing, the way she's gone about the awareness of the product. So we had a really great conversation today about entrepreneurship, going through the inner struggles, doing the inner work to really get to a place where you find a philosophy in life that allows you to live in alignment with your truth, right? Because I've had a lot of conversations with people who are in grind and hustle mode, trying to build businesses that really they don't really get a life. They're just full-time in their job. Whereas with Georgina, I feel like she's developed a great balance, great philosophy of going about business and going about life that I feel like you guys are going to get some good insight from. Before we get started in today's episode, I've At the time of this recording, there's going to be a free workshop on how to build a stronger relationship with yourself. And I wanted to share that with you guys on here because I feel now is the time, like here in Perth, we've just come out of a lockdown. You know, we're all being tested. The relationship we have with ourselves is really being tested. And if you have a dysfunctional or disharmonious relationship with yourself, this time it can be really challenging. You know, you will start to take things out on others. You'll start to blame other people for you know, the discomfort that's coming up inside of you. So I wanted to share some knowledge and some wisdom with you guys around how to build and strengthen that connection you have with yourself. Because I know if you can go deep and go inward during this time, you're going to be able to come out the other end of this with more clarity. Or you can actually move through all of this uncertainty with clarity, knowing that on the inside, you're good. So if you want to get access to that workshop, it's probably already been recorded after you listen to this. So if you click the link in the show description, you'll be able to get access to the recording. Have a watch of that. I know you're gonna get some good insights from that one. One final thing, if you wanna take advantage of a discount code that I use for life cycle, medicinal mushrooms, lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, I use this stuff every single day. It's done wonders for my mental cognition, just allowing my energy to feel balanced. Check out Life Cycle Mushrooms and use the code STATESHIFTERS10. You'll get 10% off. Big fan of their products. Australian company. Freaking amazing. That's all for me, guys. Enjoy today's episode. And as always, be sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to this. i got lots more podcasts coming out. And it's just such an honor to have you on here digesting this content. So enjoy the episode. And I know you're going to get some insight from it. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. Okay, I've got Georgina Tirana with me on the State Shifters podcast. How are you, my friends? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's an absolute honor to have you on here. And I was just saying before I press record that this podcast is really an outlet for me to bring on people who are, you know, have inspired me or people who are doing amazing things in the world. And since I got home to Perth, you know, about 12 months ago from Toronto, I discovered your brand, your product, the amazing Rojo Burr, the ice cream that you guys are 
creating. It's vegan, plant-based ice cream, and it's honest to God, the most tastiest thing I've ever tried when it comes to desserts. So it's such an honor to have you on here. And we're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into your journey and kind of what got you to where you are today. But, you know, for people who obviously aren't familiar with the brand, you know, what kind of inspired you to want to start a vegan ice cream business? Where did this journey begin? So I guess <laughs> taking it right back, I think I've always been set on the idea of having my own business. I was brought up by two business owners and that really seemed like the only option to me from quite a young age. So when I was living in England at 17, I started my first business, then ran another second one alongside my mom. And I did that for several years, loved it, loved everything that came with it, the creative outlet, the financial side of it, everything. And I then moved over to Australia, actually just for my then partner. And it wasn't really it wasn't really at the time look, looked at as a move. It was just me coming to spend time here. And then as so many do, we fell in love with <laughs> fell in love with the life out here. And when it, it seemed, I guess, a lot more likely that we would be staying, it kind of it became apparent that I wasn't going to be able to continue in the, the jobs that I was doing that I suppose initially I thought were just going to be temporary. And, you know, we're in a quite corporate environments, which I was just finding incredibly stifling and not knowing when there was going to be an exit from that. It was, I was really struggling to deal with it. Really just also feeling like I was not using my abilities. I felt embarrassed actually to say what I was doing, not because there was anything wrong with it, purely just because of the fact that I knew it wasn't the right thing for me to be doing. So I got to, yeah, a point that I would just call like my early life crisis. I was 24 and I had made this decision that I was going to yeah, leave the job that I was doing and I was going to start something, but I didn't really know what it was going to be at the time. I'd always, I suppose, had lots of ideas. I would come, you know, pretty much have an idea a day on things that were possible ventures. And it just happened that I guess probably about two years prior to that, I had turned predominantly plant-based and because of a lot of reasons, actually, there was animal welfare, there was environment, there was also health was a big part of that as well. And I had been living in Subiaco and we used to always go out for dinner and walk up and down the high street. And when it came to getting dessert, it was always a real struggle for me because it was really just a sorbet, which is in essence, just sugar. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't believe that there was, you know, probably... A, a dozen, if not more, you know, of these dessert places, but none of them were offering essentially just a vegan ice cream, something that wasn't just water and sugar. Something that you, you know, you could definitely buy these products from the supermarkets. They would, they'd already started to, to roll out, but I didn't really want an, a whole tub, <laughs> you know. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And then I actually just found this space that was in South Rio. It was only a house at the time, but I knew it was in an area where we could apply for it to be approved for retail use. And it just seemed like a very viable option because I could live upstairs, uh, do the work downstairs. It was a really good, I guess, entry and starting point. But yeah, I really just saw the spot and decided, you know, it was so close to the beach and there wasn't actually anyone in the area doing even ice cream, actually. 
And, you know, Frio does have that really sort of alternative. They're a bit, they're a bit more conscious of that, that way of life anyway. So it, it just really fit. And I just decided that was what I was going to do. <laughs> um, I guess in my head, I only really needed to make enough to replace the job that I'd been doing before. And I felt like that was achievable. So I went for it. So the job you had before <laughs> was, a, was a corporate job you were in before this? So when I was in England, I actually, it was a, the business I had was, was dresses. It was designing clothes and selling those. And then, and then an events business as well. And then, yes, when I'd come to Australia, I'd gotten a job initially with a real estate agent. And then I had worked within a recruitment agency. So very, yeah, it was very corporate, I guess it was very, and I'm not going to say this was a bad thing about it. There's so much that I learned from being in that recruitment business, just in just cold, you know, sales. (laughs) You really do have to overcome some barriers to be able to do that. But it was just, I feel like it was more just feeling like I was doing something that I just didn't know what the purpose was for me. It just didn't really feed me in any way. And, you know, I like the finer things in life, but earning a lot of money just wasn't enough. Like that, that isn't enough. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's really the yeah, that's where it came from, I guess, that move. Yeah, and I feel like the, the resonance that I feel with that is, you know, obviously, you know, for people listening to this podcast, they know my journey. They know, you know, I used to work as an accountant. And that was the same feeling I used to get at my job. Right? I was in tax. So I was pumping in tax returns for the wealthy individuals in here in Perth. And I was like, I'm just helping other people make more money here. And I don't feel the sense of purpose and fulfillment in my work. And, you know, it was a feeling that was like gnawing away at me that I knew I had more to give in life, yet I was, felt like I was playing small, even though I had a good job, you know, I was getting good money. There's, and I sense it was the same feeling that you had. And what I'm inspired by is the fact that, you know, you've had this idea but then you've gone out and taken action on it. And I speak to a lot of people who have great ideas. They talk about the ideas and all the things they want to do. But then, you know, Monday morning rolls around, they slip back into their routine and they just go through the mundane and they, they, they struggle to break out of that. I'm curious to know, tell me what it is that you think you had that allowed you to execute, to be able to go, hey, I'm going to follow through on this. Or I know this is going to be scary, but it's time to take the action. What is that difference between someone like yourself and someone who perhaps has the ideas but doesn't take the action and doesn't execute? So I think that there's there's often in that situation, it seems like there's sort of two different routes that people take. And I think there's probably the smarter and more calculated risk. <laughs> and then there's just doing something. And I really think I fall into this, <laughs> this category of I I really didn't overthink it too much. I think I just, I really decided that the outcome was always going to be better than what I was in right now. You know, yes, I was going to be spending money on doing it. You can always make money back. And ultimately, if it didn't work, I would just do what I would done at the start of the journey, which was just get another job. And uh, but having tried it and, and, and it explored that and, you know, failed maybe in that instance, always seemed like it was going to be a better outcome than me staying where I was. So I think that was, you know, made it a no brainer for me to give it a go. But I also, I just don't think I really contemplated what if it didn't work? It didn't even enter my, it didn't really even enter my, my head that it, it wasn't going to work. And don't get me wrong, it could have not worked. It easily could have not worked. And there's a, there's a few things that happened along the way, which I think were 
you know, definitely a stroke of luck as to why I think it was, you know, why it did work. And, but I, you know, there's, there's I can only really take mine down for being a bit of gut, a bit of gut that, that just, you know, <laughs> that just went, you know, went, went in my favor. But ultimately the, the part that isn't luck is you, you have to try. If you don't put it out there, you know, it's, 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 you're never going to know. So, yeah. <laughs> they say fortune favors the brave, right? And it's like, exactly. you just yes. take the action, follow that feeling. And this is, this is the thing. Like it's sometimes we don't have to overthink it. Once you have a feeling that, Hey, life's pulling me this way or life wants me to go in this direction. Sometimes the yeah. mind can't really understand why, but if you just trust it, was there something that do you have like a faith in something greater than yourself or is there an element of faith and trust that you have in, in following this path that you kind of surrendered to? Do you, do you have a spiritual practice or something that gave you that sense of courage that hey, everything's going to work out in the end? Um, I don't really think I have, I don't think at the time I would have said I would, I had a spiritual practice, but I think I just have, I have my mom and dad in the back of my head, you know, and I think just the way that I had been brought up with them is just that we just make it work. I was never going, you know, and I think, you know, there is a certain element of privilege that falls into this that I would never want to overlook, which is that, you know, I have, although they're not here in Australia and that does, you know, and has presented a lot of, you know, a harder journey in some ways, not having that support system, you know, directly around me the same time I do have it all the same and you know so far like that's really only come in the or has had to come in the form of an emotional support but you know really also just knowing that even if it doesn't work you have you know you have that support system that that are there for you you know that that also does make a, a big difference you know I'm really proud of the fact I haven't had to you know to call upon that in that way but you know it is it is also a, a privilege that I, I had that there but also had that there in the sense of other people who gave me a lot of you know a lot of words of of encouragement and just reminding me that they thought I I, I could do this but also just that if it didn't that was okay mm, yeah yeah so I think that's just been in my blood and, you know, ingrained in me from a very, from a very young age. And I suppose I've witnessed, you know, my parents constantly, you know, trying things. My dad's an ultimate wheeler and dealer. He can, you know, and just trying things. And sometimes they didn't necessarily work, but other things do. And it's just, I guess, giving it a go and just making it work is, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, I can't remember what book it is. Someone wrote about it, some entrepreneur book, but I think it, the title of the book is like called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And what it means by that is like, you can't actually fail in life. You can only ever receive more lessons, more understandings, and most importantly, more resilience, like more Absolutely. emotional resilience to handle the setbacks. And mm-hmm. that's why I noticed what the corporate job, the corporate world did to me. It like put me in this little bubble and box to keep me comfortable and safe, never really having to break out of my discomfort, the comfort zone. And it kind of keeps you in this like warm, comfortable blanket. And then was like, Oh, no, I want to do this big, create this big business, but oh, it's pretty safe here in my corporate job. And just by stepping out of that, you start to gain that resilience, the emotional bandwidth to handle more of life. Right. And I can sense you've done that too. You've traveled from a you know, from England, you come from the other side of the world, you've started businesses, left jobs, it's gave you like greater capacity, you know, to, to I think you just become adaptable and you mm-hmm. just have to keep moving. I think you just have to keep moving and 
you know, you can let the world happen to you or you can move with it. And I think, you know, that's kind of where obviously this this year has been very trying for everybody. And again, you know, it, I felt it more not having I pretty much probably say I saw my family at least twice a year. That was me going home and, and then coming here. And so I've I've definitely felt it more in that way. And I'm sure so many other people have as well, which has made, you know, made it so much harder. But again, yeah, you, you, you do. You can only build resilience from that. And I'm not going to sit here and say that everything that I've done in with Rojo has gone well, because it definitely has not. And, you know, there's still almost mistakes that I'm living out right now and just having to sort of manage. But I never ever have regret about any of them because I really do truly believe that you just have to go down those roads to work out well yeah what's going to work and, and what's not and just make sure that you keep bouncing back from it and you keep moving and adapting and yeah there's just no right way so whatever your way is is the right way I guess as long as you're doing it with integrity yeah. and <laughs> you know morally then I think yeah hundred percent. I like what you said about just moving with life as well, because life has a very specific flow and path for each of us that I, I believe. And a lot of the times it's about surrendering to that path, even though the mind thinks we should be doing what everyone else is doing, feeling that, Hey, life wants me to go in this random direction and start this random business. This just feels right. I'm going to go that way. So it takes mm -hmm. a lot of courage to do that. And I get the sense that I, I'm really curious now that I've been in business, I've had my own business for a little over a year now. I, I'm really intrigued by this intersection between personal growth and business growth. And oftentimes the two kind of go hand in hand as you have like a big breakthrough on the inside and you learn something big about yourself, then that kind of translates into the business growing. I'm curious to know, has there been some big internal shifts that you've made over the last year or a couple of years that have then coincided with some big shifts in the business or some big growth in yourself that then you realize, wow, that was the thing that was holding me back in the, in the business as well. Just some inner shifts that you've made. Well, I mean, this is probably <laughs> definitely getting down to the nitty gritty, but I was actually in a relationship from 17 to 25 and I was... I was actually engaged and beautiful person and we have a really, really wonderful relationship now. But it, I suppose, was quite interesting that I started my business and then six months later ended that relationship. And so it was it's sort of bizarre, but it, it kind of feels like I, especially the first, I guess the first year was sort of like being in a, like a washing machine. You know, I'd made the decision to start this and... At the end of the day, in reality, if I hadn't have started it, I'm not sure how I would have seen out the end of that relationship, even though I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that when I started it, but having this to plug into and put so much energy into and that I really, really loved as well, yeah, made that that manageable. I don't see myself as having the strength to have done that, especially being out here as well. Had I had I not, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just didn't really know it at the time. So I, I sort of went through, I guess, a bit of a, almost a teenage 
But, you know, from 25 to probably where I am now, where it felt like I'd really sort of regressed back to probably some of the teens that I, I hadn't really had. I guess that sort of 17 to 20 years old that I'd been in quite a, an adult relationship, I guess. And I'm almost not sure how things still continue to move forward, but they did. And it's only probably, I would say, of the past maybe six months or, you know, a year that I've actually actually found like some some peace with that. It's it's not that I was I didn't have peace with what the the decision. It was more just that I feel I have sort of I've just gone through a certain cycle and I've got to the to where I needed to be. But the business has made like played such a massive part in me getting to getting there. Which I can only then probably say it's just it's just the 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 pillar of having something in your life that you love is so important. I think that's, you know, gives you so much strength and also makes you so proud to feel that you're you're really doing something that, that you love, that you're proud of, that you feel like is having an effect or an impact. Yeah. Definitely. I'm not sure that makes any sense at all. <laughs> no, I feel you. Like the purpose that you've, you've got is the fuel. Like I really feel that the, the fuel that kind of keeps you going because you can see that's, it's not just about you. You can see, like you were saying before we started recording, that the impact that the brand and the work you're doing is having on other people is now kind of like fueling that fire. It's like stoking the flame. And as it gets bigger and bigger, you're realizing, oh, wow, I can actually impact more people. And I, I honestly feel like that's like anyone who starts business, that's the thing that keeps you going at the end of the day because you can make a lot of money. Like I'm, I'm sure you've experienced, you know, when, when business ticks up and you make more money, it's like, okay, this, this is good, but you don't feel any different. The money doesn't really change how you feel. It might temporarily, you might feel happy or cool. We can buy more mm-hmm. things, but then you kind of default back into that. Okay. Back to how I'm normally feeling. So it's not the money that gives you more. You know, you know, not, yeah, I do. I think I read, I actually listened to a really, a friend of mine, flicked me over the link to a podcast which I listened to the other day and it really really did resonate with me and I was it was interesting that it had been sent to me at this time because it's it sort of has has, I guess got me on that that flow of thinking again but about a year ago actually before COVID I, I had some parties that were interested in in I guess getting involved in the growth. And and actually, this was before we'd started the wholesale. So it was more from just a shop from perspective. And when we were sat down talking about it, I guess one of the questions was, you know, like what is one of the big picture goals for Rojo for your brand? And immediately my answer was, I, I look at it as a means and a platform to do good. You can, you know, to grow something to a, a big enough presence that you can actually influence and, and, and have the power to do. It's like, a, it is almost power. I hate to say that word, but the power to do good things. And, you know, I would absolutely be lying if I said I was the person that constantly goes down and and volunteers my time or, you know, I do get involved with, you know, fundraising. And, you know, we started um, sort of an initiative a a year ago that was called Scoots for Society, which was essentially for us to build in an automated way of giving back. 
And by don't like essentially having a day of the week, we would offer 50% off and you would give a gold coin. We would put that totally towards something. And this podcast, it was by Sam Harris and he was doing, it was on an effective altruism. And it, it actually like really gave me a little bit of a, again, a, a, just an added bit of fuel that it's okay the avenue that you're taking, which is ultimately that sometimes the long picture goal means that you might be right focusing on something that you're actually good at and that you actually think can grow to a point where you can have greater impact in a good way. Damn, I love that. I get, yeah. So, I get so. you know, it was an interesting, and it was an interesting thing uh, that they were sort of, you know, speaking about, which is that, you know, you can have some of the most, there's often a, I guess there's often a conflict between wealth and good. And it was really just shaking up that idea and being at the end of the day, if, for example, you know, the CEO of a non-for-profit, one non-for-profit is earning X amount of money, you know, a high salary, and the CEO of another non-for-profit is earning a lower amount of money, but the one who's earning more is generating more, then why does it matter? Mm. It doesn't matter. We should be focused on the outcome, right? So, uh, and then, you know, again, just essentially saying, you, know, you might be better if you're a really talented musician, if you're an amazing chef, if you're just an influencer, whatever it is you are, you know, you might be better and you also might be more inspired to do well if you know that ultimately you can get to a point where you can do good and i think that is a driving force for me that it's like i i do think if i can keep growing and i can keep building then i can do more yeah Yeah. (laughs) i really resonate with that it's a lot of it was around just focusing on what your zone of genius is like finding that zone of genius and just like narrowing down on that because when you're in that zone of genius that's like you said that's when the biggest impact can happen. And it's almost like sometimes our mind will be like, oh, we should do more of this. We should do more of that. We should volunteer more, give more to this charity. But we just focus on the zone of genius, the thing that lights you up the most. That's when mm-hmm. we're in capacity to serve. Yeah. We're, we're in that. And, and it was also a great thing, you know, for them to, again, really knock knock on the head the idea that you have to be anonymous about the good things that you do because that's I guess potentially been seen as like the modest thing to do that you you do these acts of good but in fact speaking about the things that you do or that you want to do is only going to plant that seed in someone else's mind and either make them think I want to be like that or I want to build that into my business that that we do that and also hold you accountable Mm. you know if you say to someone you know, I'm on a diet, then if they see you chomping into a bar of chocolate, they're probably going to call you up on it, you know. And equally, if you say to someone, you know, we've made a decision that we want to build something into our business where we do X, Y, and Z, or when we reach X amount, a certain a certain size, we want to pledge X amount of our profits to, you know, once you've committed to that and you've made it public, you're then also accountable. So I think it's good to talk to people about what your intentions are or what you're actively doing, because it's only going to spread that energy or <laughs> spread that thought. Yeah. When you share the intentions of the people, you're planting the seeds in other people. When you Talk about how excited you are about your, your big mission. You get other people excited. And yeah, it's just like, and then, and then I want to transition this into the next question that I've got for you, which is sort of like the watering of the seeds, right? Like what are the, the daily practices, the daily things you're doing to kind of nurture and support, you know, the, the blooming of this, the beautiful things you're trying to create into the world. Like what are some things you do, I guess, daily to support you and just being your best self? 
I think it's still an ongoing process for me. I'm definitely not going to sit and say that I think I'm at the point yet of even probably nurturing myself <laughs> in the best way that, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm what I put in my body, I suppose, has always been um, at the front. It was, like I said, when I even started this, you know, it was animal welfare, health, environment, but, but health was probably the first one. I'm really conscious about what I eat and where I buy it from. You know, so I guess even just fueling myself and treating myself like a Ferrari, you know, you wouldn't put crappy fuel in a Ferrari. I don't put crappy food into myself. So, you know, I'm, yeah, that's something I'm very conscious about. And I guess along with that, you know, you know, physical activity, whether that's going outside and doing some, you know, manning stairs or going to the gym, doing yoga, that's really important for me. I, I sort of have to do that. And I probably don't even really recognize it anymore as a practice because it's just, you know, eating well, looking after my body is sort of a, I guess, a default. I suppose one of the things actually that is, I don't want to say different to uh, the way that a lot of other people operate, but I really look look after myself in terms of time and R&R, mm. <laughs> um, you know, ever since I started, like uh, other than probably last year, you know, I've gone on several trips a year, whether that be, you know, Machu Picchu, Mexico, or visiting Hong Kong and having a bit of a city break or doing a road trip in Canada, you know, whatever it might be, like I've constantly continued to feed my soul with the things that I really love to do and that's always been alongside you know friends whether it be new friends old friends and and really strengthening those relationships as well because I'm not in this for the short term I'm in it for the long term and so I sort of you know you have to service the car I don't know what I'm talking about cars <laughs> but the car analogy seems to work but um you know you have to like look at otherwise if you, if you just keep driving and you just keep going it's just going to burn out so I think because I've never treated like this as being like, I'm just in it for the, the quick win. I've also felt it really important to make sure that I'm looking after myself along the way. I love that. Wow. Yeah. And I, cause I feel like it's often the hardest thing for most entrepreneurs is doing that is taking their foot off the gas just to like chill, chill for it, go on a holiday. I found that to be the hardest. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think it's probably again, because like the hard part is, is that, you know, you're not going to earn as much if you're paying someone the wages while you're away. Or for me, it's also probably been, I've spent astronomical amounts on a flight because I've made the decision 48 hours before, because I've had to get to it two days before to go. I'm happy to leave. I feel fine. I can leave everything and it's going to to work smoothly and, and operate without me. So I've probably spent four times the amount on that flight because I've done it last minute, but I've never regretted it. Whatever I got out of that trip was so worth it. And I guess it's just, yeah, it's just meant that it's like, whilst yes, I've been building up a business. And as I sort of said to you before, potentially not as quickly as other people have. I've also just always given myself the grace of going you are essentially a single woman on your own. There is a part that comes into that where that I won't overlook. It's your family also aren't here, which when you just want to call upon people for certain things, it does make it so much harder. You're not in your home country and you don't have a bottomless pit of money. <laughs> you know, so and you've also chosen to have a life as well. 
you know, and those, I guess, are the reasons why my journey has gone in, in the, the pace that it has. But I just think it makes me glad, especially when things like last year happen, that I look and go, I'm so glad that I didn't bury my head down for four years and not continue to have experiences and see the world and do what I wanted to do. Because how regretful I would have been now, even just now, it's that little bit harder. So I definitely still live to enjoy it all. (laughs) I I love that perspective. I really do. I feel like you've learned some really powerful lessons early on in the piece, or maybe you didn't even have to learn these lessons. Maybe it's something that was just like bred into you through your parents or the way you brought up, but to the primary kind of lesson or purpose, which is to freaking live life to the fullest. And you know, I had last year was was an interesting one for me because I had a, a couple of people die or close friends, one one really close friend actually die really suddenly. And it was a really big like wake up call to the fact that like, yo, we don't know what's going on. We don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And 2020 was such a big like slap across the face for everyone. We ain't in control of anything. So like if you're not living your best life now, you're not gonna live your best life next week or next year. Like it starts mm-hmm. now and we can't delay it. And I, and I just, I resonate with your philosophy and the way you live because I've chosen to live like that as well. Like went on trips you know, when I was 21 that on paper I couldn't afford, but I paid for it on credit because I knew, Hey, I want to, I want to live. I don't want to have regrets. And I never regretted it because the experiences, like you said, the nourishment you get through just like, Hey, that's what I feel like doing today. I want to travel. I want to do this. You can't put a price on that. And most people, unfortunately, in career and business, delay their happiness, delay their, you know, delay the fruits of their labor because they put their head down and work their 17-hour days. And, you know, I've been a culprit of overworking in the past and I've seen a lot of people living in big cities like Toronto, you know, just like work, 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 grind, grind, grind. And I resonate with this philosophy more. You know, live and work, you know, don't like grind your, your body till it's like you can't enjoy life when you're retired. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I feel for yourself now, given the fact that traveling is, I guess, off the cards for a while, at least outside of Australia, what have been some other ways that you've found soul nourishment you know, outside of your, your yoga practice and eating healthy and things like that? Have you found other things like obviously we were in lockdown last week so what what were some ways and most people are still in lockdown people who are listening to this in other countries so what are some ways that you found to just keep the soul nourished and just stay positive and and creative throughout this time i mean i i guess i would be lying if I said I didn't really feel as though we've probably experienced even enough of it to, <laughs> for me to advise on tax. You know, we've had it so lucky. And I guess, you know, I'll be honest, even through both of the the first sort of closures and then even this lockdown, just because of us being essential services, I guess, considered essential services, you know, we, we have operated as normal, albeit just through takeaway, or even if we've close the stores and we've just done the wholesale. So we've been in the kitchen doing that. You know, I will obviously admit that for me, that is something that I plug into. And and if I have a bit more time, it's really then me just looking at the things that I've maybe been putting off for a while that I can then sort of do. I, 
I think, yeah, like always feeling like you're you're learning or you're you're doing new things or you're still progressing in some way is is a big thing. You know, I'd kind of made a, a decision this year that I wanted to be a bit more, I guess, sort of educate a little bit through what I'm doing as well. And so, you know, wanting to start doing like some more like videos, I guess, on kind of the process involved and, you know, did that and one of the first ones and it was really lovely like we just had such nice feedback and it was so nice to see like yeah actually people really do care about what you're actually doing behind the scenes rather than just the beautiful photos on Instagram that make everything look perfect so I guess you know tapping into doing the things that I've probably been putting off for a while I took up pole dancing which had been on my agenda for, <laughs> for a while because I didn't want some, some- uh, talking to me about wanting to do pole dancing. I'm, I feel like it'd be very good to like express your feminine. It's hard. Oh my gosh, it yeah. is like the hardest thing I've ever done and so physic- like so physically challenging and anything for me that just means I just switch off. I'm not still very good at, I haven't trained my mind yet well enough to be able to just clock on, clock off and doing for me, I guess doing something like that is the best thing in the world. Like whether it's rock climbing or pole dancing or a really intense workout or I suppose like I'm finally getting to that point with yoga where I'm I can't do like a year and I'm still I have to do like a, a pretty intense you know vinyasa or something but to to mean that I can just I just switch off so doing something like that to allow yourself to just really just clock off from everything that's going on you know I've definitely was so lucky I guess with FaceTime and Zoom and all these things that, you know, I've spent the time getting back in touch or speaking with all my friends who are dotted, you know, across the world. And we are so lucky that there's, it's not the same as obviously being in person, but it's, it's still so much and still so lucky. And I guess also, you know, checking back in with, with goals when you have that bit of quiet time, I think, the, you know, reminding yourself of like where, where you're, you're headed. And I think this what's happened last year has been like a big reminder that my goal last year was that I wanted to make decisions with my business that would mean I could spend more time with my family. And this is obviously like amplified that because it's been sort of restricted. And so it's, it's kind of just brought me back onto this path of, you know, every decision that I make, is it sort of sitting with those two main goals, which is growing something to a point of being able to do good. And then for me personally, being able to spend more time with with my family, because that is, I guess, been the biggest sacrifice of me moving out here and, and having my business here. Mm. Yeah, well said. And having the off switch is key. You know, it's, it's pretty hard for a lot of people right now because most people work from home. Is that, and, and what a lot of people realize was like, holy shit, when you work from home, there literally is no off switch. You're always, yeah, out. and mm-hmm. that can be quite challenging. Uh, and unfortunately, most people can't go to yoga classes, they can't go to their gym. So, it's really testing our ability to go inward and notice what is the part of us that's keeping us switched on all the time. And yeah, and then, and you know, when the first sort of phase did roll out, and there was, we will absolutely admit, there was a lot of. How do I put it? There was, there's a lot of things I had been suppressing and I'm not going to say that there's, I suppose with the being able to jump on a plane and go and see friends and go on these trips, like there's obviously like the nourishment that you talk about that comes with that. 
but there is also an element of distraction that comes with that as well. And I very much noticed, and this is kind of actually in line with what I was saying about where I felt like I'd gone through a cycle. This whole thing really marked the end of that cycle because I did actually have to face up to a lot of things that I had been burying very (laughs) deeply, like (laughs) all the way down there (laughs) for a while. And being busy and then having this luxury of going and doing these things that I was kind of in my head going, you know, it's just because they're the things I enjoy when there was still definitely a part of it that was like, but it's also just stopping you from facing up to some inner turmoils that were going on. So that definitely happened and happened hard. And yeah, there was a real lightness that was on the other side of that, which I can't really... You know, I can't really explain, you know, too much, but it was just, yeah, quite confronting, but I'm really glad that I went through that and had to kind of do it on my own, I suppose, which is also scary. 100%. And I feel that is probably a testament to the tough person you are, given the fact that I can sense there's a lot of courage. You have a lot of like willingness to get uncomfortable. A lot of people right now who are probably facing that same feeling and just in the conversations I have with people you know, I have clients out in the states out in Canada in the UK we've been at home for months right and for people who are alone throughout all of this it's bringing to surface that very uncomfortable feeling or that underlying fear that hey like what if what if I'm going to be alone like what if no one's going to be here to support me what if I have to do this on my own all the time And that was kind of the fear that a lot of people were distracting themselves from through socializing, traveling, going out, staying busy. There was like an unwillingness to be with and face this fear of being alone or this fear of inadequacy, this fear of not being enough. And Mm. it's super uncomfortable to be with that because if we've distracted ourselves from it our whole life, there's a lot of suppressed emotional pain around that. And if you don't have kind of the tools or the awareness or in your case, just the willingness and the the courage to be with that, it can be very, yeah. It seems like it's such a current thought or that it's all suddenly sort of rising to the surface. My dad has been saying this to me for years and I've argued, like I've just straight up argued, you know, he has pretty much just very simply said, and he's an unlikely candidate for these these sorts of comments. He doesn't strike you as someone that would be sort of spiritually tuned, but pretty much he has said breath and basically contentment coming from purely you and inside. He's been trying to say this to me, my mum, my sister, like, you know, and all the, when we, we've been you know, having problems with boyfriends and like mum missing us being here and, and me, you know, saying, I just want to be able to go and see my friend, whatever it is. Like he's kind of just very quietly always been saying this in the background, but not really being listened to. And it's just so interesting that, you know, this is my 70 something year old dad who obviously has known this for a long time and you don't want to listen until you're ready to listen but in fact he couldn't have been more right yeah (laughs) and I guess maybe there's only a bit of life that comes with that when you realize it sounds like a wise man he knows that he's been through some life I might have to get him on the podcast next (laughs) yeah yeah I mean that and then pretty much just that you know there's yeah breath 
contentment from within and then that absolutely every single decision you make will come with a sacrifice and you have to you have to understand and 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 accept the sacrifice that comes with it and that's also very very true so mm, yeah so, <laughs> I, I won't take up your time too much longer i just have like one one more thing that came up as you were sharing before that i'm curious to to dive into and you know you don't have to share this at all if you don't feel called but you mentioned you went through kind of a letting go process of just being with some emotions or some suppressed feelings that, you know, perhaps you may might've been distracted from that this time gave you an opportunity to complete that cycle. What was the like process around that? Was there a specific process that you went through? Was it a grieving process? Was it just noticing that, Hey, like I'm really feeling sad or upset and, and this has been down here and I haven't actually sat with it. And what was that process for you? Was that just, just acknowledging that it's there and feeling it, uh, you know, was it meditating on it? Like, how did you go about? Yeah, I think that there was probably an unplanned event that I guess pulled the cap off. And then once it was there, I just didn't or maybe couldn't stop it from coming out. And I suppose whereby usually I may, might have stopped that emotion sort of coming out through whatever, we, you know, whatever we do just in day-to-day life, like seeing friends, seeing family, going out, whatever it is that you might be doing or working more than, you know, usual, like that option wasn't there. I think there was probably just a very like also basic, and this sounds really basic, but of just physically crying, like actually really like just letting it all out, you know, and just, I mean, I was exhausted because it it seemed to last for, seemed to last a long time. It probably wasn't that long. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. One of my friends is, is really kind of tapping into and exploring at the moment, which is just, yeah, like, I guess just letting your body actually feel and grieve. And, you know, I suppose there's just always a bit of like shame around, like around tears and, and like thousands of tears, you know, we suppress everything like that because it, you know, it doesn't sound nice or you might sound a bit crazy or whatever it might be. But yeah, there was something really to be said for just like letting go, like just letting it all out and not feeling any, but there was no one around to, to feel kind of shame in front of anyway. So it's like, well, why not? And, you know, I suppose after a certain point, it's like, well, there's nothing that's going to comfort that now other than me. So mm. I think your body then knows what to do okay. if you let it. Mm-hmm. Then you get to soothe and be the space for that part of you that was feeling all this pain from the past. And that's the, that's the integration process, right? Integrating pain from the past that is still wasn't processed. And a lot of the times that expression is like crying. It comes out in different forms, but crying being one of the primary ways. So... Yeah, you're right. And a lot of the times we just wear a mask to pretend like we're okay, but really underneath we're like in pain and just taking the mask off. Hey, cool, I'm just going to feel this for a minute. It's such a powerful practice. I've noticed men find that a lot harder to do. We find that naturally, you know, men feel like it's, it's not manly to cry or not manly to just feel feelings, hoping that can start to change. That's one of my purposes here with sharing this content, but it's always great. Yeah, I've a lot of like great people um, 
Tim Morrison, who's in, you know, local, I see a lot of his sort of work going around and it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's lovely to see that it's definitely becoming more, like a lot more active and the more people see it, I guess, the more it's programming in a way, you know, the more that you see something, the more you're programmed to, in an awful way, there's a lot of programming that happens in a bad way. But at the same time, there's, there's the good programming. And the more you see people crying, but actually, you know, they're actually crying and they're actually like letting it out. The more you see men, you know, embracing one another while they're going through that process, you know, probably one of the better things to come out of. There's obviously definitely mixed bags with social media and Instagram. But I guess one of the good things that you can do with it is visually share. And, you know, the more you see something, Obviously, you have to be careful whether those are good things or bad things. But the more let's just focus on the good, you see those good things, the more you just become accustomed to that being the norm. Agreed. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and then social media can become a tool if you're exposing yourself to the right energy rather than a distraction because that's like Mm -hmm. kind of like the last leftover distraction, right, at the moment for most people in lockdown COVID. It's like, Everyone's on their phones. Everyone's addicted to just content online. And if we can purge that last distraction, that's where, that's where I feel like all the opportunity is, all the clarity is there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, well said. Hey, I've really enjoyed this conversation, uh, Georgina, and I can sense that you know, you're, you've got such a beautiful soul inside and out and you know, your business is a reflection of that. So, it's it's to me it's so great to have you on here, and I know this is this is the beginning of such a big journey for you in your business, just by the philosophy that you've adopted. You know, I resonate so fully with that. Playing the long game, enjoying the process. Do you have a big plan to take this maybe internationally at some point? Because I know I got some, uh, you got some uh, Canadians and, and Americans who. Look like <laughs> us. I mean, why not? I'm <laughs> I would definitely take it as far as it as it wants to go. Yeah, I think as I said before, I can't remember if we were already on the on the actual podcast and we were talking about this, but yeah, I guess the realizing that the we can have the greatest impact by reaching the most amount of people, yeah, that fits in line with our with our goals. So I think that's all we should be aiming to do. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, where can people learn more about you online? Where can they find you? So I guess, yeah, we have our website, just rohovire.com. And then we have our Instagram. As I said, I am trying to put a few more educational videos just on our process on that. So one so far, but more, more definitely to come. Um, obviously, with our actual products, we are now stocked in about 50 places across Western Australia. Up in Geraldton, Caratha, down in Esperance, oh, and then obviously, yeah, yeah, awesome. And then obviously our our shop as well. Yeah. And yeah, that's now on your podcast. Can <laughs> 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 it all about me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, highly suggest people check out you just you online the, the Instagram page because it's like a marketing masterclass. Like the way you've just put across this the the brand is aesthetically like beautiful and um, so yeah hats off to you and the, the team who's doing all of that because it just it it's a perfect reflection now that i've seen like the inside and the outside it's all 
like it's all authentic. It's it's perfect. So you're doing amazing. Very <laughs> much. Hey, thanks again for coming on here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be in touch for sure. I'll see you for an ice cream. I hope very soon. <laughs> Hey, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, look, if you made it this far, cool. Here's my voice again in your ear. And I'm going to make one more request for you is go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment on the podcast page because I'm really putting a lot of focus and attention on getting this podcast out to more people because I know what I'm putting in here can serve and bring value to people. And it would mean a lot if you got value from this to to leave some feedback and, and subscribe so you stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, and as always, follow me on Instagram. And I love hearing from you. It's at State Shifters. And until the next episode, guys, thank you so much and I appreciate you.